<laughs> I'm ne- I am say? never ready. Meg just, just goes said- ready. I'm like, I'm <laughs> so yes, but all right, here we are. Cheers. Welcome back to having a vodka. Having a vodka. Cheers. Yay. <laughs> I'm Amy. And I'm Meg. And it's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah, we're doing this a day earlier than we usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're crazy with the holidays. And so. where are we right now? So, in reference to the past <laughs> so. two episodes, um, we thought it would be fun and festive th- since it's Thanksgiving to come back to the place that started it all, the place where we lost Meg's dildo and oh, my boyfriend's Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're sitting on the floor. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's not exactly... We're hiding. <laughs> we might as well be, honestly. We kind of are hiding. This is, like, the farthest corner of... Well, not really of the apartment, but yeah. still. Or my boyfriend's room hiding on the floor <laughs> while he's gone and... Well, so we Kyle's would be sitting on my couch right now, but yeah, Kyle's out in the living room tip-tapping away. <laughs> Playing video games and watching and football. Malcolm is just destroying your bedroom. And Malcolm's taking up my entire bed, so, so I can't sit there. This must be what it does feel like to be a mom when you hear, like, they're like, we just hide from our kids. <laughs> yeah. I hide in, the, I sit on the floor and I read my book and I drink my wine. And I hide. <laughs> anyway. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Yes. When you're listening to this, well, it could be Thanksgiving. I Listen hope, to it during Thanksgiving. You're probably hiding from your family right Stream now. Stream <laughs> having a vodka on Thanksgiving. Oh my God, if you do... Email us. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your Thanksgiving stories. Having a vodka pot at Gmail. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Me? Are you asking the, the listeners? I'm asking you. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to Kyle's uh, dad and his fiance's house. Yeah. It's always very fun. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. So, yeah, Kyle takes, uh, Kyle's family takes holidays very seriously. And by holidays, I mean Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So, we're going there. I'm going to make, we were tasked with bringing a dessert, but neither of us are really dessert people, so I'm making so butternut scratch, squash Scratch that soup. idea. <laughs> it's a dessert. You're going to bring, here's my dessert. dessert. It's, it's sweet. <laughs> it's sweet. You're like, I eat this after dinner. <laughs> I don't like dessert. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? I'm going to my cousin's house with the family, and we're just like having dinner, I think. Mike's Loving. bringing his dog. I think Pete's fiance is coming. I you were going to say, I think Pete's bringing his rabbit. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they said that they're doing ice homemade ice cream fudge sundaes for dessert. Oh, damn. Which sounds fun. They want to go to Kyle's? But I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I know, so. And um, I'm always the person that, like, because I'm not the biggest dessert person, but I do like dessert. But after, like, a whole meal. You indulge. Yeah, yeah. But I'm more... If it's a dessert, I feel like I plan around it. Like, I'll have a light meal and be like, this is what I want later. Yeah. But for Thanksgiving, I just really want the food. So, But I'm always that person that, like, when my brothers won't eat dessert either. So I feel like I have to. Oh. And it sucks because the more lactose intolerant I become, it's just the struggle. You don't have to. Someone's going to have those leftovers for, like, the next three weeks anyway. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like it. Thanksgiving is really all about the sides. When you think about it. I don't really like Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> it's not because of Thanksgiving. Because you just... hate the pilgrims. Because <laughs> <laughs> you grew up near Plymouth. <laughs> no, the the food just, like, gives me anxiety in the concept of a holiday all around just food. Just hit why I need therapy right on the head. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm just being, like, dead honest. I'm like, truthfully, the food just gives me anxiety, and it's just another thing to think about. But yep. that's not a good enough reason. 
Well, ever since I've become... So, Thanksgiving always... This is not the, like, Thanksgiving episode, by the way. <laughs> it's just, like, what's happening in four days. So, here we yeah. are. But, um... <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to explain that. But, um... We'll put that in the description. <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I... This is not the Thanksgiving episode. Um, when I was little, up until even three or four years ago, I think is when I started having Thanksgiving solely with Kyle's family because my parents moved away. Mm-hmm. My parents was, like, they that house was always where my entire family would go to celebrate Thanksgiving. And then, like, obviously they all started their own families. And it was, like, an amalgamation each year of who was going to come. Mm-hmm. It really never was all of us, except for, like, maybe, like, two years before they sold the house. Um, but and, and it was always, like, very, like, you know... We got dressed up to sit in the, li- the living room. Mm-hmm. It still kind of is that, but now it's just a lot more informal. Yeah. I guess, which is, like, really the way you should do holidays. My, we don't, I was saying even earlier, I was like, we don't really have a specific Thanksgiving tradition. We've really switched up every year. Like, we'll just, like, if someone invites somewhere, we go there. Sometimes we just stay home. Usu- usually we stay home. And it is, and, and we don't eat until, like, regular dinner hour, because my mom, like, likes Which to stop. Which is so rare. And my mom, like, really, even the past few years, got into the habit, and we're not doing this this year, because we got invited to my cousins, but, like, she's really into Wegmans, the grocery store, and they, you can Obsessed. pre-order all of these cooked foods, like, you can pre-order the turkey. She's doing it and right. The, and the mac and cheese, <laughs> and the sides, and whatever. Um, so she'll just, like, do her hobbies during the day. She'll just paint and do her knitting, and then she picks it up That's around wonderful. 3 and throws it in the oven to preheat, and it's all cooked. Perfect. And we go on a long walk. Yeah, so it's just, like, very chill. Well, that was always one of my – when my family did get together, that was always my favorite uh, Thanksgiving tradition, which is, like, kind of a mouthful to say, um, was going on a walk. I actually have a really funny quick story, and I feel like you might know it, but maybe not. This will be a refresher. It'll be a new story for everybody else. So. <laughs> As this podcast works. I think this was actually probably the the first or second year that I, like, made an appearance at Kyle's house on Thanksgiving Day. Because um, we would always eat at, like, three in, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Especially towards um, the later years that we were celebrating at my family's house. Because if my siblings did bring their kids, they were, like napping at noon yeah and then see my go family doesn't have six. any little kids so we're just like whatever <laughs> so i'm sure that changed we though. had like a short window but we did always go for walks around my neighborhood and this was um i think this was the year we graduated so it must have been 2017 mm. college yeah um or 2016 one of those um we were on this walk my eyes were bothering me the whole time. Like, I had makeup on one of my contacts, I think. And so I was doing the thing where, like, you just, like, kind of... If you wear contacts, you know. You just kind of twist it around in your eye. And you're mm-hmm. like, this will fix my life. Yeah. Um, and if you ever have gotten makeup on your contact, you kind of know that hack. Or another life hack. This is going to sound disgusting. <laughs> it's okay. You take it out, right? And then you put it on your tongue and you just swivel it around a little bit. And then you put it back in your eye. That does sound gross. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but no. I'm not judging. You're like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not judging. No, because I feel like I, if I had contacts, I would probably do the same thing. That works around, well, actually, one of uh, Kyle's dad's ex-girlfriends taught me that when I was, like, probably 19. And I was like, oh, amazing. <laughs> and it works probably, like, 90% of the time, I would say. But anyway, so I was just doing this little thing, which I'm sorry, you just had to see that. Meg just did it for me. <laughs> 
Wearing contacts really gets you comfortable with touching your eyes. I'll say oh, that. Oh, no. I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. so Because, actually, while you were doing that, in my head, a whole thought went like, through my head. You were, like, disgusting. No, a whole thought went through my head of just, like, why would she choose to do it when she doesn't have to? <laughs> <laughs> like, a whole, like, that was the train of, like, it's why. Like scratching an itch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But no, anyway, I get it, though. <laughs> I was doing that while we were walking, and, like, my family at the time was, like, I think that was the last year everybody was home. So it was like maybe it's because of that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just doing this, and then all of a sudden I blink, and I can only see out of one eye. And I was like, "Mm, I lost a contact. (laughs) And so, um, and we lived near the beach at the time, so like some of the road had like legit sand on it. Oh, you couldn't go look for it, I'm sure. I was just like, well, I guess when we get back home, I'll find another contact that I can wear. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't even think I was wearing dailies at that point. And Meg is so blind. I think I'm we say so... this, but... but there are more pe- There are people more blind than me, but I just haven't well, gone well, to no. the eye doctor oh, in sweetie, a million years. No. <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. But, like, you're just here right now, and I'm humoring you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. What were you going to (laughs) say? Guys, Meg is blind. (laughs) You are very blind, but I know you don't have, like... I am. You're not, like... I don't have a... Okay. (laughs) I don't have a a dog. (laughs) Oh, well, speaking... Okay, so let me wrap up the story so we can actually get to what we came here to do. But, um... (laughs) What we... We went on the rest of the walk. I just, like, kind of came to the conclusion, like, I, like, accepted the fact that I was just, like, you know, seeing out of one eye. Um, my mom was obviously freaking out because she worries about everything. She's like, Meg's going to walk into the street and get hit by a car. And you said, Mom, I'm not, I, <laughs> I'm not I'm that not, stupid. I'm not as blind as other people. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, we actually ended up, like, taking photos also, like, family group photos by the water and I'm just like I can't see (laughs) we loop back around um and then my mom is just looking at the ground because she is who I get all my anxiety (laughs) from so she found the contact in the sand and is like Meg (laughs) put it in that's what happened oh my god (laughs) literally I've never told you the story no she found it on the street she was like oh my god here it is did you put it (laughs) no I did not put it back in my eye uh, we brought it back home, and I... I don't know where the line gets drawn. <laughs> I mean, if, like, the world was ending, and there was a zombie apocalypse, and that was the only way I could see... That's the line. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, so that's how my mom found the lost contact that you can't see. Like, they're blue. You can barely even see them. I don't know how she found it on the street, but she did. Shout out to and Annie. She was like, Annie. Oh, I found the contact. It was a whole big like family moment. <laughs> and that's why they think you're the favorite child. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> add all my siblings. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. All right. Speaking of going <laughs> blind. <laughs> speaking of going blind, let's talk about another disease. <laughs> oh my god, that's your segue into this. That's Awareness. AIDS awareness. <laughs> HIV and AIDS awareness. I In my head, I want to say Triggers like Triggers for HIV and AIDS. Yeah, trigger. <laughs> and drugs and uh, sex. Sure. Triggers for li- life. Yeah. <laughs> and tragedy and Triggers death. for 1980s. <laughs> trigger. This is a rent trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't put two and two together yet, that's what we're here to talk um, about today. So, yeah. guys, Meg and I's favorite 
play movie is Rent, yep. the musical. Yep. And we just watched it last night because Meg says she watches it every Thanksgiving. And in my it's head, I'm most, like, well, it's close enough. Well, <laughs> we definitely watch it every Christmas Eve or Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas? That's not a word. Um, the other holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Put the... Cri- Put the mast back in Christmas. <laughs> Wait, what, what, forget what I just said. Delete the last 30 seconds. Meg's like, I already did my job. <laughs> oh God, did you see it? Just said 1225, which is Christmas. Amazing. Anyway, so it it kicks off the holiday season is really the point of all of that rambling. Like, it's def, it, ta- it starts on December 24th, 1989. Mm-hmm. 13, 12 days. Should I get into the overview? Yeah. So, Why don't you take it away? Driver? If you guys have never seen, so I have a little like, like, okay, so if you guys have never seen Rent, we're about to go into a deep dive of Rent. Yes. Um, our thesis statement, which Our thesis we'll get to. statement is Benny is not the villain. Yep. So, He's villainized through the entire thing. So uh, if you're triggered by Benny... <laughs> Do some self-reflection, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, he's not yeah. the villain. Benny, Benny's not the villain. And guess who here is, is a research paper of why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for those of you who do live under a rock, also, go stream Rent. If you've never seen it, pause. Go stream Rent. Come back and listen to this. You us. can also buy it on YouTube. Support the artists. <laughs> <laughs> Support YouTube. Just kidding. Support Chris Columbus. He um, hasn't had a paycheck since 2002. <laughs> Fun fact. Well, this movie came out in 2005. That's a lie. Anyway. One of Go us on. is always telling the truth, and one of us is always lying. <laughs> <laughs> We're both always All lying. Right, so, Rent. So, Rent premiered on Broadway in 1996, with the film adaptation being released in 2005, which is what, what we watched last night. But Meg and I did see Rent last year. Not together, but we saw it separately. Yes. Well, it was the... I saw it in January of this year, which feels like last okay, year. Okay, so 2022, <laughs> and then I saw it in October of 2021. It's oh, just so good. Yeah. Love it on, like in theater, yeah. So, um, so the film adaptation was released in two thousand five with most of the original cast. So, Rent is a rock musical with music, lyrics, and a, and book, and it's all written by. And the creator is Jonathan Larson. It's loosely based on. I'm gonna butcher his name. Um, <laughs> Gio, how do I say it? Giacomo Puccini. <laughs> that was great. Oh my god. Well, Giacomo, he was in Thumbelina. There you go. <laughs> so, not this guy, so, but like that's how I know how to say the Giacomo name. Puccini's 1896 opera La, La, La Bohème. I almost said La Bohème, but it's just La Bohème. <laughs> Um, so Rent tells the story of a group of impoverished young artists struggling to survive and create a life in Lower Manhattan's East Village in the thriving days of Bohemian Alphabet City. Mm. Under the shadow of the HIV-AIDS pandemic over the course of one entire year beginning at Christmas Eve. Mm. Yep. And ending on Christmas Eve. Yeah, so it's over the course of one year, and it was when I didn't write too much about the epidemic. So... I'm gonna have to go back to like so. Meg and I were just discussing. <laughs> glitched. <laughs> well, Meg and I were just guys, discussing we're how we don't actually know like that much about, about HIV AIDS. and AIDS. Well, I will say thing. disclaimer as me being a hypochondriac, you <laughs> can just like for all of us safe besties out there, you can get it through unprotected sex. 
girl or boy, no matter what. Condoms only do so much. Condoms only do so much. So We've if you have unprotected sex, it doesn't have to be like I know like don't there's not a, use them. There's use a them. stigma that it's like only a gay thing. But yeah, no, no, you can get it from girls not. and boys well, in any way. Through blood and semen. Yeah. Right? So yeah, you can also get it from like sharing Vag- needles if you're like oh, a drug yeah. addict. Like intravenous anything. Anyway, so if you think anything that you've tissues, been exposed to it, um, Usually, if, after you've been exposed, go get a blood test to make sure. Mm-hmm. And usually, you have to wait three months after you've been exposed. So, I don't know. Guys, if anybody's Amy out isn't there. Amy is even reading from her document. This is just straight up just like safe I go safe to the doctor. Yeah. This is just safe health practices. And it's really good to like routinely go get it, even if you don't think you've had it. Like, I know, like, when I've had new partners, I've always been like, I'm just going to go and get all the tests done Smart. to like live, you know. Fine. Yeah. But also, yeah, that's responsible. Like, you're yeah. so responsible for yeah. doing that. Yeah, so just be responsible, y'all. Uh, keep yourself... <laughs> to quote Freddie Mercury, keep yourself alive. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he probably... I don't know who wrote that in Queen. But to quote Queen, keep yourself alive. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing, too, with modern medicine is, like... Well, I don't know if you guys know anything about this, but, like, <laughs> HIV... H- well, <laughs> I don't really know how much people know, unless you, like... I didn't pay attention in health class, but, like, HIV... Oh, I loved health class. H- you... If I'm correct, HIV is first, and then yes. an like an un like I almost said undiagnosed, but just like not treated HIV eventually turns into AIDS, and AIDS is deadly. HIV yeah. is not deadly, so HIV is the active virus, I think, and then AIDS is the syndrome. Yeah, so if which you, is like uh, incurable. Yeah, so it's basically if which you don't I guess treat HIV your yeah, but it's treatable. If you don't treat your HIV, it will turn to AIDS. But if you have HIV and you treat it, you can live a long, healthy, normal life. We probably life. should have done more research on AIDS and HIV. Well, I think this is all we need to know. But the, the if whole, anyone's concerned, go do your own research. Well, you know, the whole point is, <laughs> Me um, yelling at them. <laughs> we were just watching another YouTube video before we started recording this, where like they said at some point, like it's a very, we live in the shadow. Like you just you wrote in the document, like we live in the shadow of the HIV and AIDS crisis. But it's still something that not a lot of people know a lot about because it's mm-hmm. not, it's like a very dark history. Well, and people thought it was also just like if you're gay. So, like, exactly. People so don't... it was extremely stigmatized mm-hmm. and it was just like so, and I don't know. Anyway, that's like what, I don't know. I also know that it's like symptoms are hard too, as like any STD because symptoms are hard because you think you're just, so most long. people just think STDs is a rash that you get and like. That's like pretty like much on your genitals. Yeah, like, like that's, that's pretty really much like anything. never the case. Yeah. So, and I, I think like syphilis can drive you insane. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, it's like a men- it can be mental. So like, don't just be like, oh, I've never seen. It. Just make sure you all get tested because I and know like healthy. HIV, people can say like, oh, I kept getting sick, like I kept getting a cold, and then yeah, yeah. So it's so just be aware, guys, and just get <laughs> tested for your own sake. But, we care about you. Um, La Boheme is is that what it is? La Boheme. La Boheme. So. Before you jump back into it, do you have this written down? It's, um, so that's what Rent is based on. But also, like, um, Moulin Rouge also mm. is. This is what we learned from that video. Um, I think it's really just Moulin Rouge, actually. <laughs> I didn't write that down. But also, that's what, um, the sickness in that is consumption or tuberculosis, which was, like, you know, the leading cause of death from, like, I don't know, the 1700s until, like, 19... 19- 20 yes. <laughs> also guys um rent spoilers yeah i have so. yeah so <laughs> so you've been warned <laughs> all right so the main characters there are eight main characters 
Mimi, Roger, Mark, Maureen, Joanne, Tom, Angel, and Benny. And I'm just going to go through, like, Tom who they are. Tom is also called Collins, right? His last name was Collins, so Tom gotcha. Collins. Um, That's a drink. Is it? I think so. Oh, I thought you were just telling me to drink. <laughs> That's a drink. <laughs> you you fumbled. <laughs> drink up. <laughs> But I can see how you would think that. Here we go, guys. <laughs> Try to keep up. Yep. All right. Mimi is an erotic dancer with HIV mm-hmm. and Roger's girlfriend. Roger is a songwriting musician who has HIV and is Mimi's boyfriend. Mark, an independent Jewish-American filmmaker and Roger's roommate. <laughs> Maureen, a bisexual performance artist and Mark's ex-girlfriend and current uh, new girlfriend is Joanne. Joanne is a lesbian lawyer who is Maureen's girlfriend. Tom Collins, also known as Collins, is a gay part-time philosoph- philosophy <laughs> is a gay part-time philosophy professor at NYU and an anarchist with AIDS and, and Angel's partner. Angel is a drag queen um, with AIDS who's Collins' partner. Benny is the local not landlord. The <laughs> Benny is not the villain. Benny is the local landlord and a former roommate of Roger, Mark, Collins, and Maureen when they all lived together. Did you get, did you get it? <laughs> you guys We're get it? We're quizzing you guys at the end. <laughs> Pay attention. There is a quiz at the end. All right. So I love it. Just any thought. That's like the pretty much all I'm giving for the overview Context. of Rent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you guys can go watch Rent and then... Form your own conclusions. But if you have any like thoughts on that... Um, Really, it's just that, and it's very true, again, the video, the one video we watched. So, the video I'm going to keep referencing, at least for, like, contextual information here, is by Lindsay Ellis. It was uploaded, like, five years ago, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, I think it's called um, Sit Pretty and Don't Do Much or something, like a a rent deep dive, kind of like this. Mm the one thing that I'll pull out is that Maureen was bisexual, but she was the, like, very typical, like, slutty bisexual where, like, she's in love with everybody and wants to sleep with everybody mm-hmm. that she sees. And, like, so that's bad rep- representation, but still, like, representation of bisexuals, so that's cool. hmm I don't know. Yeah. And then everyone's gay. And then really throughout <laughs> this cast, though, it kind of shows them all being friends to an extent, even though they've, like, clearly, like... Maureen used to be ex with Mark, and he's weird about it. But basically, they're all friends. Um, but Benny is now on the outskirts. He's like an ex friend. Yes, because he they, got married. To he's like villainized. A, yeah, he got married to. I'm gonna get more like into a rich it. Yeah, white girl who like doesn't. And they call her Muffy. They the never plot, explain that. <laughs> I'll get into it later. But just like summarizing, as you guys listen, the so Benny is considered the villain. Be basically because he's like upgrading his life and he did marry rich and kind of comes into some money and then he kind of he wants to take this money and basically puts it towards his dreams me just like being pro benny this is a biased podcast but um, not just his dreams but also like the betterment of the entire block. yeah so we dive into that but anyway so they look at benny like you're take you i'll try not to be biased but they are looking at so benny like you left us. You're rich now. You don't care about. You don't care thing. about this block. Like nobody in this block wants to change. Like it's low income. It's homeless. We all just want to like be here, and we're happy here, and we're we artistic. Like to be an and artist. We yeah. like to be our struggling artists. And you left us, and you used to be one of us. So that's really their point of view at Benny. That's the shtick. Okay. That they take. 
I also like diving into my side note about Jonathan Larson. Go yes, please. All right, the one, the only, oh, <laughs> the only, the only <laughs> one, the only Jonathan Larson, who is the creator of Rent. So this is a mini deep dive into him. Um, if you guys, and I mainly focus on a little bit about him and his involvement in Rent, but he has a lot of other involvement in life. And also go, uh, we watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which is more about oh, his life story. Amazing. Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend. So can I yeah. talk about 3090 really quick? Because that was the okay. opening to Tick, Tick, Boom. And that I feel like is such a good representation of like some of the subject matter of rent because it's like i feel like rent is one big existential crisis Mm -hmm. and so was all of tick tick boom and probably his entire creative process Mm -hmm. so listen to that song if you're not going to do anything else for because you're lazy (laughs) because you guys are just us and you guys are like girls you scratch the surface you guys are literally like i'm here for you don't tell me to do homework We know you. Precisely. But that's a good representation if you don't want to do any research. It will just, like, lend a hand into probably everything that you'll talk about with these bullet points. Love it. Love it. All right. So, Jonathan Larson is an American composer, lyricist, lyricist, I can't speak. Lyricist. You guys know that I can't <laughs> read out loud. I I just realized the other day, I was like, on the podcast, I always doubt myself that I... You're honestly very good. I'm always like, I can't read, but I'm like, bitch, you can read. You just can't read out loud. There's a difference. <laughs> me fighting, Listen, me just fighting with myself. Job. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> I actually... What did you say at the beginning of this? You were like, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, I know, sweetie. <laughs> All right, so Jonathan Larson is an American composer, lyricist, and playwright, most famous for the writing of his musicals such as Rent and Tick, Tick, Boom, Mm -hmm. which explored the social issues of multiculturalism, substance use disorder, and homophobia. Love it. Well, Uh, I don't love homophobia. Yeah, but we love exploring it. (laughs) I love, like, bashing it. (laughs) Yes, which he does. All right, so um, he received three posthumous... Tony Awards? I think probably. Oh, maybe I typoed. Post? No. Post. You're right. It is. Is it? It's all like one word. You guys know. (laughs) You guys get it. You guys get it and we don't get it. (laughs) Tony Awards. died. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's the word. Post Um, (laughs) Yes. Post Thomas. (laughs) He received three Tony Awards and Pulitzer Prizes for the drama of Rent. Really? Mm -hmm. Pulitzer Prizes. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in basically beginning 1898, he was asked to collaborate when he was. <laughs> Damn it! I rewrote it again. I did a dyslexic <laughs> thing. I did it again. Oh, oh my I god! Didn't what I was you were last... talk about La Vie. Go was that Firefest that I completely flipped it? You Guys, like go 19... stream the Firefest episode. <laughs> you were like 1692. <laughs> I could never be like a real historian. I can only be like a historian on this podcast because, like, in real life, they'd be like, Amy. "Shout out to our dyslexic historians." <laughs> Oh my god, I'm adding that to my resume. Put that on my tombstone. A dyslexic historian. I will. Died in what year? Uh, in uh, 1499. And then do a <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway. In 1989, the year Taylor Swift was born. Damn, you're going to meet her one day and you're going to be like, you were born in 19- 1899. My dyslexia holds me back. Otherwise, 
If the day I get my <laughs> dyslexia figured out, I'm coming for all you bitches. <laughs> you know what? I'm coming for all you historians. Let's fucking go. That's why I wasn't hired to be a historian. Deep it's... dive into that. Okay. <laughs> Not that you didn't apply or anything. <laughs> we'll never know. I guess so. All right. So in 1989, he was asked to collaborate on a quote unquote new project. Um, Jonathan Larson came up with the title and suggested moving the setting from Upper West Side to Lower Manhattan, okay. where he, in real life, lived with his roommates in a rundown apartment. Oh. So, and basically, here we go. So, Jonathan Larson died at his home in the early morning of January 25th, 1996, oh. 10 days before his 36th birthday. Um, he died of a very sudden uh, aortic dissection. Um, believed to be caused by an undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. Sorry if I'm butchering these words. I wanted to be a historian, not a doctor. Um, <laughs> so, and he died the night before the off-Broadway premiere of Rent. That's so fucked up. He never saw the first performance of Rent. It's it so fucked so up! Crazy. So all of those awards he won, as we, going back to that word that I know you guys were like, <laughs> we don't know it either. Um, that meant that he got it after he died. Yeah. So... How sad, like, that's so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. So Your entire his, life's work, and you don't even get to see it. And it's and lived it, on and to be it turns, bigger. And it turns into, like, a cultural phenomenon. It's even a thought, like, do you think it would have been as big even if he didn't pass away? Probably, but you just never know sometimes. People, because We can talk about that Well, it's the how they say, like, like, that's even a whole, like, other deep dive about, what do they say, like, my, my thoughts are worth more when I'm gone? Yes. Because people listen more, like, <laughs> after well, the math. Did we say this on the podcast, or did you just say it to me in, like, in real life, where you were Probably like... Probably in real life. You know what? When we die, <laughs> the podcast is going to blow yes, up. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we joked about the podcast, and our listeners were like, eh, they're we're just making more Pulitzer inside prizes. jokes we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this will, this will become morbid someday. Guys. Right for, now, it's funny. For our regular <laughs> listeners, just know you guys are the first for when we win our prizes after we die. Yeah, the OGs. Anyways, back to being depressing. So his body was found on the kitchen floor by his roommates <gasps> oh, at God. 3 a.m. Um, so Jonathan so Larson had been suffering severe chest pains, dizziness, and shortness of breath for several days before his death. Uh, he went to two hospitals, but doctors could not find signs of an aortic dissection. So his condition was misdiagnosed as influenza or for stress. Um, they, after he died, it was brought to court. Whoa. Um, because it was such a misdiagnosis and I believe that they came in for malpractice and a whole bunch of other <gasps> shit. So a court found That's that Jonathan serious. Larson was, to quote, was misdiagnosed from both hospitals. They did those hospitals. I'm not going to name them. I'm going to go find them. And yell <laughs> at them. Okay. I think, think someone, I think people have. <laughs> I think people have. That's pretty sad. Um, anyways, to follow up with that, Jonathan Larson's parents, who were flying in for the show anyway, so that day, <gasps> like going into the night before because he died at 3 a.m., um, so they were flying in to go see the show, ended up giving their blessing to the performance to continue <gasps> despite Jonathan Larson's death a day earlier. Uh. The cast agreed that they would premiere the show by... And this is, like, before it was on Broadway, so it was still very simple. Yeah. Um, the cast agreed that they would premiere the show by simply singing it through, all while, all while sitting at three prop tables lined up on stage. So they were like, we're just going to do it. We're and, not even going to, like, act out the scenes. We're just going to yeah. do the dialogue and the songs. Um, but by the time the show got to its high-energy song number, La Vie Bohème, 
the cast could no longer contain themselves into the rest of the show as it was meant to be. Oh. Minus the costumes. That's definitely how he would have wanted it. Um, for and sure. To the crowd and the Larson's family approval. Oh. Once the show was oh. over, there was a long applause followed by silence, which eventually broke with an audience member shouting out to quote, Thank you, John- Jonathan Larson. So You're going to make me cry. I know. It's very <laughs> sad. It's like crazy. I feel like oh. a lot of people. Even, like, a lot of people that, like, Rent, like, don't really know that much. Well, they might because now Tick, Tick, Boom is out and people do watch that, but. Well, it was very wholesome when we went to go see it in January. That's it. That's it on my bio. On so I went too. with your boyfriend and Danny. <laughs> and I was in between both of them and they were crying. I feel like, like people are like, time. Amy, I don't get how you and Meg, like, <laughs> the dynamic of how relationships uh, we'll in your inner. Oh, we'll tell that story someday. <laughs> we will. We will. Guys, someday we're going to tell about how Meg and I okay. went from our simple little friendship into a chaotic... Chaotic tailspin. T- ...tornado and yeah. ended up just sitting right here having a podcast. <laughs> yeah, literally. That really sent us into, we have stories to tell. <laughs> we were like, life is short. <laughs> and chaotic. And we, yeah, we do have stories to tell. But when I was... So, the reason why I bring up Steve, like, specifically is because when he... He loves got, Rent, too. He loves Rent. And, this like, part of why... We as a family, as a family, it's, usually, a family. it's usually just me and Steve every Christmas Eve. Well, that's because you guys, that. yeah, and I go home. But, but otherwise, I won't be there. That's why I wanted to watch it last night because I was like, you guys no, can watch it without like, me. Even with Kyle, I fall asleep like, still halfway. Even Kyle's family, like it's really just me. But we like insist. So he loves it so much. He like at intermission. Um, he got up to go to the bathroom along with, like, 97 million other people. That's always crazy. And we were still masked at the time. Like, you Mm -hmm. had to, if you were going to go to the theater, you had to have proof of uh, your COVID vaccine and a a mask. Because they were still taking it very seriously. Theater especially always took it very seriously. Which is fantastic. And so that was another conversation I had with this, this woman right next to me. But the woman next to him, so I was sitting in between Danny and Steve. And there were people on either side of them, obviously, because we were sitting in, like, the middle of the row. But the woman next to Steve leaned over his seat when he got up and was like, your friend really seems to love this show <laughs> to me. And I was like, he's such a oh, water sign. I, I was like, you have no idea. It's so funny because sometimes he can be so, like, stone. But, like, if it's something he, <laughs> he loves, so he is just, like, a waterfall of emotions. But then um, Love him. there was a point there other than that. Just Steve being emo. Steve being emo. Being at the play. Maybe Danny? that was the point. Well, they were both crying the whole time. That's really the point of bringing up both of them. It was it was a very fun night because... They cried. And you well, I, was getting... <laughs> well, I kind of had a panic attack uh, at the beginning. Mm. I had a panic... Well, I didn't have a panic attack, but I... Um, when we... Oh, mine's a fun rent story, too. I'll tell I'll it. Tell because it. Um, I went in Boston. Meg went in Providence. I went in Boston with... Because at my work, sometimes you get tickets through that. So I went to two of my media. favorite... Two of my favorite work people who are always down for fun... Uh, we went like a, one night after work. We drove over to the Boston Opera House. I think that's where we're playing. Or maybe it was Schubert Theater. Um, and it was like the first play we'd all saw because COVID. Like it was like the first play. In, and it like, was three even, years. yeah, it was yeah. even more exciting. So we were like, we'll go to dinner. And like when you go to dinner down there, like you just kind of go to it wherever you can. Yeah. Um, but that was fine with me because we went to um, P.F. Chang's in down oh. there, which I love because I love Chinese food. And that was great for me. 
And I was all excited because I hadn't been anywhere in years. Yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to go to Hamilton, and that got canceled, too. So, like, you things were getting... You especially, like, did not do anything No, yeah. COVID. It was awful. Um, so, that was super exciting. <laughs> so, me and shout out to Lee and Jenny. So, Lee is there. Lee and I meet there first because we, like, were able to ditch work early. And Jenny was kind of like, because she had, like, a meeting or something. So, we're there, and we're having our cocktails. We're ordering our Chinese food, and I'm having the best time because I love Chinese food. And Jenny comes... <laughs> My friend Jenny, who I adore, and um, she sits down. She shows up. Come, we're all like super excited. Um, uh, my biggest thing is like, oh my god, we haven't seen anything in forever. And Jenny is a sales rep for a alcohol company too. That's prevalent, kind of. No, she's not. No. Oh, never mind. Erase that. No, I have another friend that does. Jenny's sales rep for uh, radio. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, so she sits down. I'm getting, I'm like, I'm getting my tie. Like, I'm like, this is a big <laughs> night, but we really haven't been anywhere. And I haven't, like, tie. I haven't even, like, hung out with them in forever. So, it re- like, to, like, for all of us, it was, like, this is a party. We have not yeah. seen each other. Like, we had seen each other, but we hadn't gone out. In forever. Yeah. And yeah. we only just started going back into the office in September, and this was mid-October. Like, it, yeah. so it was a whole, to me, it was a whole fun thing, and I was so glad just to it be there. It was a treat. Yeah, and I feel like especially those first, like, good amount of months after COVID, like, everything we did, we were like, let's appreciate this. Yes. Because winter's coming again. And this is a special time. And we don't time. know if things are getting shut down in a month. Yeah. So, Jenny comes. Uh, she, like, we already kind of had food at the table. The waitress comes over, and, like, Jenny's running late, so I'm like, like, what do you want me to, do you want me to order a drink for you? She's like, oh, no, I'll do it there. Um, and she orders a water, and she's like, my stomach's been hurting. And I was like, Okay. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden she turns to Lee and I, and she goes, guys, I have something to tell you. And me being a psycho, psychic psychopath. <laughs> That's the name of your Dyslexic psychopath. That's a lot of lies. That should just be <laughs> my handle. That's going to go That should be my handle on Twitter. Um, uh, she it. just goes, guys, I have, to, I have to tell you something. And I just looked over her, and I just yelled at her, oh, my God, you're pregnant. <laughs> What? Um, and she goes, how did you know? <laughs> and, like, Lee is kind of doing that, like, playing tennis, like, back and forth head thing. Stop. And so Jenny announced that she was pregnant, which was super exciting, because also, like, she, I knew Jenny had been trying for, like, a while, and a she's while. married, and, like, yeah. she was trying for, like, uh, a few years. Had um, they already moved, or had they just moved or they something? They had just moved, and I actually yes. just saw her, like, three weeks prior, and I had a sleepover at her house where we all got drunk and no. did margaritas, and there was a specific moment in that night where I looked around, and I was like, I am the most drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and, but, like, just me being me, I'm like, I guess that's just who I am. Well, that's me, too. <laughs> so that's always what I think of. It was the night she said that she was pregnant, Aww. and it was so... That is just a special... Uh-huh, and I don't know if she, like, meant to say it. But I was, like, the first. I was, like, one of the first. I don't even... I think she hadn't even told her parents yet. I think she told, like... She told, like, one other person, and she's like... Yeah, because... Actually, that's correct. She didn't even tell any of her family members yet. I think one other person knew, or maybe it's just Matt, her husband. Oh, my God. And I knew for so long. And I had to keep this secret forever. Do you remember? I had to keep it, like, last year. And then another... This is all a side note. (laughs) during this time and then another one of my friends Nikki was getting engaged 
in and you like kept that a, secret a week ever. after that and i had known she was getting engaged and you did not because her them. friends told me when i went to visit her while she was like in the bathroom and i had like <laughs> known it was going to happen and meanwhile i'm like jenny's pre- pregnant nikki's getting engaged i'm like walking around work like <laughs> all these secrets all these secrets and i'm like bursting with love and happiness just like like i'm like crying because i'm so excited <laughs> for my friends literally there was like there was actually one moment where like i'm like sitting at the desk and i like knew it was happening that night and i remember one of my coworkers was like amy are you okay and i was like no i'm just so happy there's so much happening you guys don't even she's like you're crazy um so. you're a psycho d- dyslexic psycho <laughs> cry baby water sign there's so many whys in that sentence oh my god side math that's my rant. i love it only good things happen to people who like rent stream that for clear skin <laughs> it's true that's so true oh my god all right I'm so sad about jonathan larson mm. any anything else about him that you want to add in i feel like there's definitely a couple more things but i can't think of them okay let's go benny okay guys benny this is this is not We're gonna lay out a all rent the- episode. This is not a Jonathan Larson episode. This is a Benny episode. This is a, we are Benny stands. We are Benny stands. This is a Benny stand podcast. And as we are, I'm referring back to our thesis statement for those of you who got so excited and <laughs> forgot. Uh, Benny is not the villain. He is depicted as the villain. He is not the villain. And these, this is why. Yep. So okay. Benny's depiction <laughs> as the villain when in fact Benny's not the villain. I'm reading off of my thing, as you guys know by now. So we'll get into it. So Benny marries Rich and bought the building Mark, Roger, and Tom Collins live in as well as the surrounding lots from his father. I know because some people know him as like Tom, <laughs> Tom Collins. Drink every time. Drink a Tom Collins every single time we mention Collins Either, or Tom yes. or Tom Collins. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> as well as the surrounding lots from his father-in-law in hopes of starting a cyber studio with condos on top whose rent will keep their shops open. Uh, disclaimer, I don't really know what they mean by cyber studio, and I don't know if you do. Do you? Um, I think it's like The only art. thing that I can really like infer it's is in the 90s that it was well cyber yeah. was different then exactly it was basically like you know the digital bean from lizzie mcguire that's what i'm imagining like yeah a, like a a cafe where you can also go on the internet something cool yeah yeah and, and so, like you can do art and it's like for artist people i love yeah. how we're just like clearly he's not the villain. which like but at the same time i do want to mention i feel like we're probably not like pro landlord in the way that like this person his father-in-law definitely owned like 25 brownstones they don't deep like i would <laughs> love a whole play side. just like dedicated to benny and his upbringing but they don't they don't and well, how he really he grow up, so he married rich he didn't grow yeah. up rich but now this is his job but we don't really know. but he's using the opportunity that his father-in-law had that clearly did not do much with mm-hmm. to you know help the people in his network who in are the- artists who, yeah, Let me get it. I only get, just read the first bullet point. Yeah, but guys, I, I got more. I know. <laughs> no, this document. is the point of that. This is the podcast. Because Benny's passionate. not the villain. <laughs> we made a whole podcast as to Benny not being the villain. <laughs> this isn't even about rent. All right. So Benny is trying to clean up the area and rid it of homeless people, as well as other local venues, such as Maureen's performing space. Sounds bad. People are prota- protesting this. Well, we're... Sounds bad with... Like, when you say, like, rid people, like, homeless people. I love how I can only I do feel one like sentence he is, and you're like... <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I, I feel like he is going to help the socioeconomic bubble mm-hmm. of that neighborhood, you know? 
he will actually end up helping the homeless people by providing more housing. I don't know. Anyway, go on. So part of the story is Benny offers um, Mark and Roger and Tom Collins drink because um, <laughs> they're living there at the moment in this very, actually, Giant. it's beautiful yeah. in the movie. Giant windows. But they claim it to be like a homeless area and it's like, like whatever. It's in Glee. It's like in yeah, Glee it when, is, it is when like Rachel and Kurt exactly. moved to Manhattan. So Benny offers them a rent-free living space at the home of the cyber arts. So that would be like the condos on top. Yeah. Um, living rent free. Benny offers them a rent free living space. Living at home on yeah. cyber art. I cannot stress Remember this that. enough. Remember <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, So at the home of cyber arts, which would be a state of the art digital virtual interactive studio, um, and he basically presents it like, "Hey, you guys, if you guys, Maureen wants to protest like the destruction or like the dem- demolition of the buildings. I don't even know if he'd be like." But it, but the takeover of Benny buying stuff up and changing it. Him buying the lot where the tent city is, which yes. is where all the homeless people are. Who are doing drugs, and that's where AIDS comes in, too. It's true. Because they're also spreading it through used needles. Yeah. Unforch. Um, so basically, he presents it to Mark and Roger as, hey, if you guys go and stop Maureen from, like, protesting. You can live here forever. Yeah. <laughs> basically. And he kind of says it in a nice way. Yeah. Um, honestly, Mark and Roger probably could have not talked to Maureen at all and still taken Benny up on his offer. That's like, if you're true. looking at it like a friend dilemma, yeah. I bet he still could have been like... Just cut Maureen off. <laughs> just, just... Yeah. Or been like, or you could have been like, own. you literally could lie and be like, oh, tried to call her, she's not answering. Yeah. And be like, I care. And like, still, I feel like there's ways around... Mark goes out of his way to go help her because he's in love with her because he's a freaking simp. Mm-hmm. But... So... so another note is as a struggling musician and a filmmaker so rogers as we said a musician Mm -hmm. uh marks a filmmaker struggling um this would probably be very beneficial to them anyways benny (sighs) anyways benny already owns it so he can do what he wants and that is a big theme yep but it's actually very kind of benny in my opinion to go and just ask them it is i think that show okay so i do also think that it's it's uh, productive to mention that they changed Benny's character a lot in his characterization from the stage play to the movie. Mm-hmm. In the stage play, he's a lot more of an asshole. He like looks like a like a newly rich kid in the in the yeah. in the nineteen eighties. Like he's wearing a stupid windbreaker. He's wearing like polarized shades and has like spiked hair. And then in the movie, I feel like he. He looks he's, like one of them. He's a little bit more yeah, like he fits well, in with but them. even just like a little bit more less flashy, more down earth. Like put together, it's like jeans a little bit like more a... put together than them, but not in a way where he's like showing up like at the Levi Bohem scene where his father in law and whoever the fuck else it is they show up in suits, mm-hmm. you know. Like he's presented in a lot more of a down to earth like I'm trying to help my friends yeah. way. And <laughs> as know? I said in this next bullet point, Benny seems to want to help the homeless problem, as we know, having streets film filled with homeless people. Um, is is usually a problem. You can't just leave them on the streets, which we also, I learned from the whole mass and cast thing that happened, like, last year they were trying, like, that's a big area where there's, a, like, literally this, like, the, it is, like, really? filled with drugs and homeless people who kind of, like, choose to live that life. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, long street in Boston that, like, is, like, right near colleges and it's, like, filled with tents and it's, like, they had to try to, like, get people out of there and into, like, homeless shelters and, like, better places and help them. Exactly, like... Well, I feel like, especially back in 
the 80s, like, the late 80s, the early 90s, they, like, we did not provide enough, like, structure to people who are disadvantaged like that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, people who were, I guess, not (laughs) good people were not recognizing that. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so Mark actually tells Benny during this conversation while he says, like, just live here and, like, stop Maureen. So Mark actually tells Benny to, quote, call the cops or get an injunction on Maureen (laughs) instead of Mark going to stop the protest. Um, And Mark basically wants to handle it aggressively. Benny says he doesn't want to call the cops on the protest and he wants to handle it privately via his investor's advice. Yeah. So Mark is like, just go arrest her. Who cares? And Benny's (laughs) like, I don't actually want to be aggressive and mean. Yeah. Um. Not the so, villain. Yeah. So, Benny is trying to make the space better since it's a cyber studio. Maureen could, pro- like, in my opinion, Maureen could probably even open up her own performance space inside the cyber studio. Mm-hmm. To note, Joanne, her current girlfriend, is a lawyer. So, they're yeah. probably doing well with money and rent. We don't actually know Maureen's situation about paying of, rent. Yeah. But. She seems okay. Yeah, so um, to reference the song, you'll see where Benny tries to tell the boys he can offer them a better life. Anyways, Benny pisses off Mark, and now Mark, even though he's, Mark says he's leaving to go save the protest, even though he gave Benny the idea to call the cops in the first place. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Just kidding. Done. Um, All right, so now on to the song Rent, which Meg and I is like, that's, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that's where we began this com- we had this conversation like in like February and it's just been like this thing that we've been wanting to talk Why on the podcast. Why do they think they could get away without paying rent? Yeah. So so the, in the song Rent, the song focuses around the moment the gas and electric get turned off on Christmas Eve in Mark and Roger's apartment. Um they end up admitting that they have had multiple notices claiming to quote eviction or pay rent. Yep. They admit that they are hungry and frozen. And they tell us that they have not paid last year's rent. So I think that would be, like, the current whole year because it's Christmas it's Eve. December. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're not going to pay this year's rent. Like, the entire year. They have not paid year's rent. They have not paid this year's rent. Um, they do end up brainstorming, which is what the song basically is, is them brainstorming how they are going to pay rent. They are trying to find ways to pay rent. Um, But all they came up with is starting a fire to keep them warm, which they then throw out the window, which takes away from the idea. Um, It's not totally a wrong idea. Um, It's to light the homeless people on fire. We find find out. They're the villains. (laughs) We find out Benny actually has been covering for them for the past year, allowing them to live in the uh, apartment rent free. um, Giving them multiple notices, as I just said. And now he realizes they were never going to pay rent. So now he's trying to find a new solution that they don't have to pay rent. But they have just decided he's an asshole and a villain. Yep. And they cut him off. A big plot point um, I want to say is Benny. So a big thing, as I discussed in the beginning, was they say to Benny that he left his quote unquote past behind him. Yep. And no one understands how he could be like this. So they just look at him like, you have money now, and you just are fancy, and you're not one of us anymore. Mm. Um, but technically, I look, in this is my opinion, 
I look at Benny as like, well, his friends are part of his past and here he is trying to help them and bring them into his future. Mm. So he's not actually leaving his past behind. If he actually wants to bring his past with him he's into the going future out of his and way better to them. try to help his friends. Really, mm-hmm. on, like guys, come on. That's a big plot point um, <laughs> for all of you people who are arguing with us on the other end of this speaker. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people like just like you. One. <laughs> no. No, Amy <laughs> and Meg. You're wrong. Benny is the villain. <laughs> Mark and Roger are right. <laughs> I really do feel like they like they didn't do a good job with the movie specifically to villainize him. In the in the stage play, he's a lot more of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Down to like what he wears, but also how he acts. Like they really did not do a good job in the movie. Like they left too much room for people like us to be like, he's nice. Yeah, he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> Alright, so finally by the end of the year, which would be this current Christmas Eve. Benny is just like over it so it seems like he's been trying for a long time already and now he's just like and I think that's where the concept of the villainization comes in where he's like no I'm like fed up you guys didn't see what happened all year where I tried to help them yeah um by the end of the song we find out that Mark and Roger's solution is to just not pay last year's rent as well as this year's rent um (laughs) as well as next year's rent yeah so that's what they say which makes sense why Benny is over it yep so again guys this is not like the synopsis of rent go watch rent come back form your own Um, opinion this is a benny podcast (laughs) so as i said spoilers too also rip benny's in rhode island i loved benny's the store (laughs) (laughs) all right so benny and mimi um this basically meg said to me earlier she was like this is the moment he really becomes uh villainized so when it comes into the Benny and Mimi's relationship, also Mimi, who is Roger's current girlfriend, Benny, they, anyways, here we go. <laughs> so this is based, it starts in December, Christmas Eve. So, but then in September, Benny and Mimi were in a relationship. And when they broke up, Benny got with his now quote unquote rich wife, Allison. Yep. Prior to the La Vie Bohème scene in the cafe where everyone had planned to have a party, Benny comes over and congratulates Maureen's try for protesting. Yeah. But says that it didn't work. So he was kind of like, good job. <laughs> didn't yeah, work. Yeah, like being like smug. And, yeah. yeah. Finally, he's smug. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, like, Finally damn. Writer. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Finally, he sticks out for himself Ooh. instead of like paying everyone shit. Yep. Um, so while he does that, he confronts Mimi and asks her if she has revealed that they have been together in the past to Roger. So it's like a secret they've been together at this scene is where he kind of like says it, says it very subtly. And it seems like in this scene, he's just kind of being an asshole. Mm. It sounds like he already won though. I don't even know how he won, but he's saying he won. So to continue to be an asshole, I guess that's it. Um, Even though they're like another scene we just watched in our video about that whole scene. Yes. But, um, Which I'll bring up yes. in a minute. Um, so he confronts Mimi and asks her if she has revealed that they had been together in the past to Roger. Basically, Mimi's like, mm, don't stop. Go away. Like, not even nodding along. Yeah. Uh, eventually, embarrassed, Benny leaves and lets them celebrate. <laughs> so they're just Still like, nice. they're like, Benny, get out of here. And that's kind of what happens. He's like, ah, oh, I'll leave. <laughs> After the events of Christmas, Benny shows up far less. While he was the one to lock up the apartment, Benny ends up offering others a truce again. Yeah. So that's just like the second time. Um, and it sounds like it's been happening a lot prior. So he offers a truce 
truce to like Collins, Roger. I bet he and would Mark. relate a lot to Taylor Swift's music. He probably <laughs> was only listening to. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> she was he gone. offers them a truth. Basically, he like brings up the concept again of like them being able to live there. Uh, none of them agree to it. Surprise, surprise. And then Benny just being pissed off reveals that Mimi seduced him into doing it, just to piss off Roger. I think, which I can see, which I don't think was true. Was it true? I don't remember her like he. I think he was just being a guy. I think. Well, go, keep going. Okay, I'll I'm almost give done my opinions. with this one. Um. So, spoilers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, <laughs> Benny ends up attending and paying for Angel's funeral. Ugh. Um. He attends the funeral with Mimi, so he uh pays for Angel's funeral. As we know, Angel lived on the street and had none of them had technically any money. They're not paying any rent. Which, actually, you would think they would have they're money because they're not paying rent. They're not, they're paying not rent. saving money. Um, they don't have incomes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, and the so he attends it with Mimi. So Roger, basically, Roger and Mimi break up at some point because yeah. Roger's trying to be clean. Mimi's on drugs, even though they kind of give it to each other. You guys can go figure that later. Yeah. Um, that could That's like the everything wrong with rent. Facts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's kind of attentive with Mimi, like, I think it's quote-unquote as friends, as they say, because he's still married, yeah. but it is a little bit, like, of a line But they cross. had dated in the past, so it's kind yeah. of, like... it's kind of weird, up, and, up in I, the air, and I can, gray. I'll even argue, maybe he was just, like, being a little bit more touchy-feely to piss off Roger, because he's, like, tried with you, and you're just being a dick. Yeah. Um, so... This is your payback. Uh, he acts very, uh, possessive towards Mimi during this time at the funeral, um, and basically... Mimi, it, once she breaks up with Roger, she start, gets on even more drugs, like yeah. extreme drugs. Like, she's about to die soon drugs. Yeah. Um, and, like, really is, like, not okay. So they kind of, like, skim over this, but I still have a lot of thoughts about this. So basically, so he acts very possessive towards Mimi during this time, which to me could also be, like, maybe she was just on so much drugs that he's just trying to hold her up. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, Probably. physically taking care of her. Um, saying, he says, Mimi says that she promised to never talk to Roger again, her current ex-boyfriend. Damn. Um, which probably was, like, a whole discussion. And they don't even, like, dive as much into it, but, like, it could, like, you could even argue that Benny was like, yo, Roger's also on drugs and he's not helping you, so maybe you need to, like, separate yourself from this. Like, that's a good conversation, too. Even though I do like Roger, I don't think he's bad, but, like. Well, he wasn't on drugs. He was, like, before, though. He was recovered. Yeah, he was recovered. But um, who knows? That's just like the backstory that we don't I'm know. I'm trying to argue that Benny is a good person, but like I Roger Roger was also a good person. No, Roger was a good person too. I think it's I think just, there was just a lot of contention there because yeah. they were ex friends. Yeah. That's and what Roger I'm, I'm had more been like playing disrespectful like, to Benny when he was trying to provide for him. Yeah, and then I'm like arguing Benny could be like, yo, you don't see him okay. Maybe it's because of Roger. But like, he yeah. doesn't really, really know. Benny's so, a good um, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I still like, that to me doesn't make Benny the villain. It, yeah. To me, that kind of just, to me, that's realistic. I can see miscommunication like that happening, especially if Roger's Absolutely. already a dick. And being like, Absolutely. suddenly Mimi's hanging out with Roger and now she's so much more on drugs than she's ever been. Yeah. It is weird. Um, or maybe, yeah, Roger, well, Roger was a douche to Mimi, but that has nothing to do with Benny. That has to do with his own trauma. But it also did spiral her into doing drugs. So, into, like, there yeah. are a lot of arguments there. It pushed her back That's into a the fun arms discussion. of, like, a, like a, a 
a terrible vice. Mm-hmm. So know? it could even be like Benny being like, hey, this is a good friend. He's not a good guy for you. But I do love Roger, but I can see those sides. Yep. All right. Yep. I'm just finishing up here. So we got there. <laughs> basically, she promised to never talk to Roger again, her current ex-boyfriend, like ever again. However, when she expresses a need to get off drugs, Benny tells her that he'll help her and he will pay. So Benny basically gets her off hey. drugs and will pay and takes care of her. And at this time, Roger is no longer talking to her. He's kind of ignoring her. I don't know how they would talk to each other because I don't think they have cell phones because they don't have any money. They so they'd run into like, each other like in the street. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and then my last point on this would be um, at some point before Christmas Eve, the next year, because this is a whole year long, Allison, Benny's rich wife, finds out about his relationship with Mimi. They kind of imply there could have been an affair or he's just giving her money to get better. Again, I, there's a lot of more context in the play. I think they actually do have an affair in the play while mm-hmm. he's married. Yeah. So this is specifically and about... And she's clearly giving her him money, so... This is specifically about movie Benny. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to ignore that. Um, and basically, uh, Allison is like, you can't see her anymore. And yeah. that's like kind of the last we hear of Benny. Oh, bye, Benny. Oh, my God. Which makes sense. We can, I can see the I villainization for my that. note. <laughs> I can see the villainization in that. Um, yeah. But that's not like the point of the villainization. Absolutely not. Treating. Continue. So I took some notes from, what is that? I don't know. Is that my phone number? It must be yours. <laughs> a verification link. Guys, we're live, live troubleshooting. <laughs> As we always are. <laughs> As usual. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I can see like, be, be like, oh, he m- maybe cheated on his wife. I don't know. I, at the same time, like, think about coming from this group of friends and then suddenly getting rich. You probably would do anything to help them. And then having their resistance just be like, what the fuck is what? Having their resistance just be like, no, I don't want any help from you because you're rich. And that's the only problem. So going back to the YouTube video that we mentioned earlier, your screen, your like brightness is down so low. You know, I no. thought about oh, putting wait, it I up for you, but then I forgot you were blind. I touched. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Meg's yeah. reading off of my phone. That's why we're recording that's on her phone bright. today. <laughs> I got it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm eye sensitive. I hate looking at lights. Well, and you're blind because you looked into too, <laughs> too many lights. Because I took out my contacts. Because <laughs> Meg just stares into lights. Because <laughs> I lick my contacts. <laughs> I love a full circle moment. Oh, you guys. Same. They tune in for our full circle moments. We they go, I think they're crazy. Oh, they are. We improv. We do. <laughs> That's, That's, the most That's the most important thing. But anyway, okay. So going back to this YouTube video that we did watch before. So I watched it once through and then I showered. I put it on for you. Mm-hmm. You sat and watched like 30 minutes of it. And yeah, then I, I was in and out too. Pretend. But it was really good. It is very good. And it does really showcase... Guys, like most media things, all of the characters are problematic. Like none of them are very redeemable. As you should also <laughs> learn with life, everybody is problematic. Everybody Just find the people flaws. that are the least toxic to you. That's yes, my advice in life. Great advice. Great advice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I have a couple Nobody's like perfect. bits. <laughs> from, yeah, literally. Thank you, Hannah Montana. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. Um. So, again, it was Lindsay Ellis. I didn't write down the name of the 
the title of the video, but I think it was, it was like, like everything si- wrong with I rent think, or something. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was um, it was a video essay called. Doesn't matter. Look up Lindsay Ellis Rent. Yeah, <laughs> I don't she know what to tell you. Videos at her. She's we iconic. didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I have a. She couple... starts, guys. You'll love her because the first thing she does is take uh, a bottle of vodka and chug it. Oh. She doesn't chug it. She takes a shot from it. So you'll love her because you guys are you guys are like us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also Stoli, which is important in Ren. Because yes. that's what Collins walks in on Christmas Day. Oh, that's cups so true. for everybody. Love it. Guys, we love Rent so much. And we love vodka. <laughs> and we love you guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, seriously. But um, so I just, I wrote down a couple like quotes from like really kind of like poignant points that she makes. Um, and we can like discuss it really quick and then we'll go on from there. So she said at one point, Rent is a musical about selfish, horrible people framed like freedom fighters. Freedom fighters. I can't fucking talk. They show profound entitlement over other people's rights and property, but it's framed like romantic rebelliousness. A restaurant owner begs them, don't patronize our restaurant, please. That's the leave, la vie bohème scene. <laughs> Which is the best part. Mm-hmm. Um and they all ignore him when he asks them to not move their tables around. Maureen is an emotionally... An, an I think she actually grabs his cheeks and goes, you're so cute. That's, <laughs> and they that's, then um, move the that's tables. That's Mimi. Yes. She's like, oh. <laughs> it's true. Just assholes to them. Maureen is an emotionally abusive cheater who gaslights all of her partners. True. <laughs> Angel comes into wealth by being... by In the beginning, by killing a dog. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, Mimi is a self-destructive, codependent enabler. <laughs> Which is so true. When she said that, I laughed out loud. Because um, it's so funny. <laughs> Collins honors the memory of his dead lover by hot wiring in a local ATM to dispense cash for him and his friends by putting the name, uh, like Angel's name in as a pin. That's pretty fucked up. That's basically stealing. That's like, that's a federal crime. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Mark. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and she goes, Mark may have been the worst thing to have ever happened. <laughs> I swear, guys, we love Rem, but it's just the truth. It's just the truth. They're all kind of irredeemable. They're not good people. I think that if Jonathan Larson was alive today, he would say that. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's kind of like... He'd be like, guys, you're not supposed to love them. We're all out here loving them. Have you listened yet at all to um, Jenna Ushkowitz and Kevin McHale's new podcast about Glee? So they had one for I haven't. Years. I've been so... There's so many podcasts I listen it. to stream at having a vodka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so they... Tell your friends and family. For their, for their first two new episodes for the new... And I think that it's called And That's What You Really Missed. They had Ryan Murphy on. And I, I think feel, I rem- I have seen like little clips of it. So I, I feel like if um, Jonathan Larson was alive, he would be like a Ryan Murphy type where like, yes... The art that he produces is very good, mm-hmm. and I think it's very well-meaning, and I think it's good for the time that it comes out. But then he didn't have the chance to like look back on Rent twenty years, pro- like yeah. twenty years past, like and give thirty his years opinions past. and it changes as it goes. Exactly, and so I think, and it that- wasn't even on Broadway yet. He still like, I mean, he could have still changed exactly. it prior to Broadway. It wasn't known when. Imp- when it, when he died, it premiered. Well, one of the so other... there's plenty of changes to change the play if he wanted to. Another critique that this person had on YouTube was um, that the adaptation was kind of like it. I love the movie so much, but there are certain points of the play that really translate the best, the best when they are performed 
as they are performed in the stage play, not how they did it in the musical. Like, the um, voicemails that, uh, mm-hmm. like, Mark's mom leaves on the um, answering machine, mm-hmm. that's, like, a recurring theme, as well as, like, the homeless people. Like, that's, like, kind of something that um, the stage play does really well is, like, the answering machine, the homeless people, and then the... Um, the support group mm-hmm. they're all like recurring bit not bits no but, like, but yeah you know it's I mean? it's it's more important yeah and so it yeah exactly like it in the movie carries it's kind of like a secondary a lot better. yeah and like the movie is good i think the movie is good especially when it's separated from like the original art anyway um <laughs> that was all you know to say um these are legit lyrics from benny you make fun and yet i'm the one attempting to do some good do you really want to live in a neighborhood where someone pisses on your stoop every night? And they're like, fuck yeah, we do. <laughs> they're like, yeah, lovey bohem. <laughs> like, woohoo. They're like, yeah, so I love true, it. Though. And I think like, it's for so the sad. sake of being an artist. Well, I have to say too, is like, I don't think any of them are doing bad for the community. I, it just almost, you kind of just want to be like, yo, Mark, yo, Roger. Like, I know you guys want to do good, mm-hmm. but by accident, you're kind of, being enablers and you don't realize it oh and that's okay that you don't realize it but like yo like you could do so much well and so there's the whole thing also so she also brings up a good point where this glamorizes and romanticizes being poor for the sake of being poor and white and privileged Mm -hmm. where mark literally says again at the answering machine part where his mom calls and then his dad pops in at some point and then they hang up and he goes you know sometimes when we're hungry and poor and freezing I'm like, why am I still here? And then they call. And it's like, okay, so you do have a family to go yeah, back to. Yeah, you do to. have a family. And they care. And they're That's calling. That's like a humongous And it's privilege. Christmas and they're like, we love you so much. Are do you, you like okay? the hot plate that we they're, gave you? They're literally like, you don't have any money and we're trying to help you. And even like, though why are you even still they there? Have. They're like, you've denied our help, but yet we will still send you hot plates. Just to, And he's like, this is so, so much know. better than living with my loving parents. Yeah. <laughs> Who aren't even forcing him to like leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing is, is that Roger, um, Roger's outburst to Mimi when she wants to do drugs is shown as aggression in the, in the movie. And then when he actually does have a very good reason, you touched upon this, um, that he doesn't want to relapse. Mm -hmm. So like, it's shown as like him kind of being an asshole, but then he's like, no, I actually just don't want to surround myself with people who are using because he's like i'm an addict too and i made it this far and i will do drugs if you do drugs another thing yeah exactly another and that's like very great self-awareness yep um another thing he was so he went through it which i like there's so much more if we saw the prior year when they didn't pay rent where did the money go to his rehab how did i don't know (laughs) just mark buying his camera if they came up and they were like benny we told you that we were paying for rehab like a whole list of things then i would think benny was was the villain villain. yeah but they didn't so jonathan larson i bet he even had a backstory we'll never know (laughs) oh that's so sad you know who would find it lin-manuel miranda could you i bet he probably will give him another five years if i ever meet lin-manuel miranda i'm gonna be like listen i bet there's a whole prior story to rent Go find Please it. Please go find it. <laughs> He'll be like, what? I'll be well, like, listen. that's it. That's all I have to say. I feel like Tick, Tick, Boom and In the Heights are very similar. Mm-hmm. And no, I won't be explaining further. <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> but if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, no further explanation. Another thing that the movie left out 
in like the montage and this is another point that Lindsay makes in the youtube video is that they replace a lot of those tropes like the recurring things like the support group and the the homeless people and the um voicemails and whatever they basically replace that with montages in the movie mm-hmm. to have the same effect but it does not have the same effect um is that april who is roger's girlfriend before and that's how he got hiv mm-hmm. um found out that she was hiv positive that he had hiv and she ended up killing herself that's not translated very well in the montage in the movie i think but, to quote in trigger warning she slit her wrist yes which yep. also doesn't even necessarily mean that you have passed away but that's exactly what they say in the play they're like oh yeah when she found out she killed herself i think it's kitchen. just like it's in like a, the it's musical a, the song part that's isn't what i'm it? saying yeah, yeah exactly and, and, and all of a sudden you're and mark like... is the one who because he's like the narrator in the show mm-hmm. um which also is like not translated very because i feel like in the movie guys just go see the play there's yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know if they're running i, I love like the movie do. go see the play <laughs> <laughs> go see the play you guys um when mimi goes missing and um roger is away she basically put herself into that situation because she isn't is not dying by chance or disease like Angel did, and I'll get into the significance of that in a second. But um, it was all on her own volition, all on her own decision. She gives up on life. She goes back to drugs after Roger leaves. Stops paying her rent. Lives on the street in winter. Stops taking her AIDS medication. Almost dies of exposure mm-hmm. and then still survives. Mm-hmm. And so the um, opera that this is based on, Mimi is the character who does die. She's supposed to represent innocence and everything. Um, and Lindsay made a good like point in the YouTube video. She was like, Angel gets the Mimi death because he was, or I guess their pronouns are she in the movie. Um, drag queen probably mm-hmm. transgender props in, in these years yeah in, in these years it's, in this uh, year you know what it's open for interpretation because it is a fictional character i guess that's true yeah. um but anyway so they end up getting that like angelic like innocent death like that is actually significant um in the opera she, mimi dies of consumption or tuberculosis uh, blah 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 <laughs> all these things I wrote that I already just said uh, they're the embodiment uh, embodiment of goodness and Mimi is not that at all she's flawed mm-hmm. so I think that's a cool juxtaposition and like yeah, kind for of sure. change um, and just another sound bite that I wrote down because I thought it was kind of funny it made me laugh out loud is Angel is a complacent placator who really doesn't like conflict <laughs> and i am too <laughs> <laughs> we only speak our conflict over the podcast <laughs> yeah for real no i love that Those oh, are, it's so goodness. it's such a good like that was such a good video it really it just was puts a really things good in person. video i, I feel like i have critiques of it i have thoughts but most of my thoughts are like yes <laughs> yeah like and i feel like that is like some of the most fun art to consume are like the things that Another thing I did want to mention, too, I think the reason why I love Rent so much is that it's so colorful, and my brain is just so dumb that I'm just like, I'm just like, the saturation is gorgeous. No. You know, we're just us. And it's Christmas, and I love it. I love it. It's fun. They're all besties. The music is a bop. We're poor. You're poor. (laughs) But it's, like, still very different. We can't pay rent. (laughs) Just kidding. No. Love it. 
I love, and that's like just like the my one last little thing that I wanted to mention is like I think I just love this because it's like a baby sensory video for my brain. I'm just like yes. Um, no offense right. at Jonathan Larson in the afterlife. It's a baby sensory. Oh no, video. but I meant that in the most respectful and no, great it is way. though. No, but I, it's genius to even. I grew I, up on Broadway. Well, I but didn't you even would know never that right know until... if like he did like he's not alive, so we can't even speak to it. Like, what if he was like. No, you, these characters aren't likable, and I had to make them likable and yeah. doing unlikable things. You're welcome, everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love Good it. Stuff. All right. Wrapping it up here. Love y'all. But um, I'm wrapping it up with Rent Encore. 10. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> they would never. <laughs> They're literally like, like we did an Encore up. already. <laughs> All right. I'm wrapping it up with 10 oh. fun facts about Rent. Oh. Number one, it's the 10th longest running Broadway production. <gasps> other 10 i didn't write that down that's we're gonna have to look it up yeah um number two people who are big rent fans call themselves rent heads it's basically a cult following Mm -hmm. yep so we're part of a cult (laughs) yes we are we are part of a cult um rent has the biggest rate of repeat tickets on broadway i would buy it a million times a member of the spice girls mel b played the role of mimi (gasps) that's iconic Mm -hmm. is she sporty I don't know. I don't Who know much she? about the Spice Girls. I don't really either. Sorry, Spice this Girls This isn't a stands. Spice Girls 10 fun facts. <laughs> That's true. Um, They're one, though. Due to, as we were talking about, like, the fashion and everything, because uh, it is, like, showing, like, different uh, social social classes. Yep. So due to its fashion statement, um, at one point, this was, like, temporarily, Bloomingdale's in New York City opened a dedicated rent outlet featuring custom-designed, <laughs> ready-to-wear fashion. Something seems off there. I think <laughs> it... seems like someone missed the point. It's so funny, because when I was reading it, I didn't have time to, like, look up the photos, but I was like, t- was it Rent Logo? Like, what did it look like? Um, they said it was for men and women. It was fashion... What did, what did I just say? It was uh, custom-designed, but ready-to-wear. So, jeans and a sweatshirt. What? I know. I don't know. It's true, though. It's a fun fact. Someone missed the point there. Um, number six, Rent is credited for inventing the concept of the Broadway lottery ticket, which I know in the video she <gasps> Hamilton, touched upon. Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton's into it, too. Um, where th- it basically, the Broadway lottery ticket is where theater fans could win a seat or get it at a very, very cheap price, like $10, um, for one of the biggest shows, which tickets, I mean, I don't know about them, but now they go for, like, 500 to to 1000 upwards. Um, just for theater lovers so it's really they you know it's the whole argument of the well, rich was, can go to theater exactly that was another thing that she said in the in the video which i thought is always helpful to mention like that the the wealth that you need to access this sort of art basically not enforces that's not the right word but like uh i don't know anyway watch the youtube video no but yeah um, i've had wine <laughs> No, but it is true. Like it, it's like um, it's an like an enabler of only the wealthy can access art. And it's, it's elitist. And it's art, elitist. as I mean, most people know, most artists are struggling artists because like nobody just gives you money when you're an artist. You Unless really it's do like start a at the bottom. Huge commercial hit. So I feel like that's the funny thing about like theater and art is people who create it, they're aware of the struggle because yep. you have to go through it to then become famous. So. Which is that's it. why the broad so part of that was invented because of rent the Broadway ticket lottery which is now used in Hamilton and probably a whole bunch of other shit. It's actually it's like that's like another thing that makes his death so sad. Jonathan Larson's is like he never he was such a struggling artist his entire adult life and he never got to reap the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And it was so commercially successful. Number seven, the song "Quote Unquote Will I" 
was inspired by something Jonathan Larson heard at an HIV AIDS support group meeting. He would regularly attend them even though he did not have it. Oh. Which is interesting. Number eight, Adam Pascal, who plays Roger, had to break the bad habit of closing his eyes while singing to get into the role. <laughs> so that's just... <laughs> That was a fact. I feel like that's something that, like... <laughs> Very artsy. That's, like, you... <laughs> we can deep dive into, like, this another Me. day. <laughs> when you're, um... That was, like, a whole thing when you were drunk, when we were, like, younger. You were like, I'm fine. Your eyes were always closed. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to see. <laughs> and now, and you're not as blind as you think you are. Oh, damn. <laughs> I guess not. You know what? Rent really just... It hits it, every time. It opens, it opens your blind eyes. <laughs> okay, now speaking of Hamilton, so effects number 9 and 10. So Hamilton creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda, if you guys haven't go- seen Hamilton, go stream it on Disney+. Plus. That's all. Um, one of my favorite plays, like, Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Lin-Manuel Miranda's first experience was at the age of 17 for Rent, where he went to go see it for his birthday, and he called oh. it, quote-unquote, a life-changing experience. It I is. think that that says enough about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep. Um, <clears throat> which I would love to do just a deep dive on him someday. We will. Let's go. Um, me saying we will because it's our podcast and I can't <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> we can. Um, and then the last uh, fun fact I have is number 10 in 2016, the cast of Hamilton celebrated the 20th anniversary of Rent by performing a version of Seasons of Love. <gasps> so paying tribute. Should we go watch that? Yeah. God. And that is my, that is my deep dive on Rent and why Benny is not the villain. Mm-mm. Benny is not the villain. Speaking of Seasons of Love, to, just to mention one more, because you know me, I always have just, like, one more thing to say. Yes. The um, best thing to say. <laughs> is that, and this is another thing that has always bothered me, kind of, once I saw the stage play, which, by the way, the first time I saw the stage play was Mariana and Raquel's mm-hmm. uh, performance of it in, in That was college. in our college, yeah. And our college was, friends did rent. And and I didn't it's see it. We watched it. I didn't mean you, you, because you have always been a fan, and I just never saw it. And then you and me watched the movie for the first time, so we watched the, it together. Like the day before we left for like uh, like move out sophomore. That's another year. story. Is I tried to go see our best friends performing Rent, and like it was a whole thing where I was like five minutes late, and they were they like, "You can't go in at all." <laughs> but what happened was, is they told me you couldn't go in at all, so I was like, "Shit," and I left. But and then it was a, it, but it actually ended up being a huge discussion within the theater people that was like you turn a person away but you just couldn't come in during that song. Yeah. So it was a whole thing. It was actually very sad. Tried to support because at it was Mariana. actually still Mariana. it was so Love you. fucking good. Um but anyway, so where was I going with that? Oh, it, it's not so I saw the movie before that and then after I saw it, I was like, wait a fucking minute, the movie fucked this up. So That's so interesting. Seasons of Love, they open with Seasons of Love. Mm-hmm. That In is literally supposed to be the the act two opener because it's supposed to be the marker that a year has passed. Mm-hmm. And that um, this is like, the, like, how do you measure a it's year? It's weird that they just do it in the movie because it's almost like they're just capitalizing on the song and not using it in the right it. context. In, in defense of it. And this is something I've realized after watching it, you know, 25 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably up Because we that, love it, if you couldn't tell. Is like maybe they're setting up a year is passing during the story. That's what I justify it as. But it does make me kind of mad. Yeah. Like, I think visually and like performance year. wise, it's it's the most popular song. So it's fun to hear at the beginning. And it's oh. kind of like you're in the right space right now. Here we are. This is rent exactly um but when it comes to the concept of the song and why it was written yeah it doesn't make sense there 
But I would, yeah, I would like to believe, hey, we're at another this, the beginning of the year. So that makes sense, too. Yeah. I like that. Well, that's... Uh, it, Us just it wanting to me... find it a place. <laughs> exactly. Um, the thing that I was going to mention earlier was, um, because I just listened to this, not to bring up Glee again, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I was just listening to this episode of Recovering Gleek on a walk like a week and a half ago. They did the quarterback episode mm, so sad one. and they open with seasons of love oh and like so many facts about that episode are so heart-wrenching and they actually do talk about it in the other pod the other glee podcast that i mentioned <laughs> mega's a podcast queen guys if you ever need podcast recommendations oh, thank you for saying i'm a podcast queen no you really are you're queen. so <laughs> you're not a glee queen oh okay well Lena is. i thought i was <laughs> shout out to recovering glee shout out to um, <laughs> L- no but if you guys need podcast recs like meg is you're good about. I feel you have such a broad taste of podcasts. Oh, I am see, like, here's I, my one. <laughs> I feel like I'm not very broad because I'm very much like these are the podcasts that cater to me. <laughs> well, that's probably true too. <laughs> but to me, who just listens to the same two, which you recommended, I, I only like, listen to like four more than you. <laughs> it still <laughs> feels like a lot. It's a whole podcasts. commitment. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, take a compliment. Anyway, but like that. So just I know that like. Actually, Lena made a really good comment in that episode where it was like, you know, while this scene was, well, I was watching this scene, Seasons of Love has such a reputation in, like, the theater community for being such, like, a fun, fun but somber song. Like, it's when all the theater kids are like, we're clapping, and Mm -hmm. it's fun. Clap every time. Drink every time Meg claps. (laughs) How do you measure a year in the life? And, like, um, but she was like, I just, like, couldn't get through watching this because it's, like, and I feel like a lot of um, Rent casts, whenever there's a production put on of it, it's, like, a bonding moment. And, like, think of, like, those those kids, for lack of a better term. They were adults, but, like, they were playing these high schoolers who had then graduated but then in real life saw their friend die of opioid addiction. Yeah, that's crazy. And, like, it's just, it, like, gets so weird. Anyway, that's, that's just me. Yeah. That's me deep diving that's into my own That's us just ending feelings. on a heavy note. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, but it's so true. Uh, Those are such we, great points. <laughs> what note can we land on that's a little bit happier? I think we just leave it at heavy. Okay. You know, we <laughs> are Taylor, we're Taylor Swift children. <laughs> you know, no other living. shade of blue but you. No, our. <laughs> I think that our podcast stands do like like a, a lot of deepness. You get, yeah, you like a little bit of sad. Mm-hmm. Um... Guys, don't forget, um, Long Pond Sessions came out two years ago this week. So stream that, too, after you stream this, after you stream Rent. That is extremely Thanksgiving vibes. It's Thanksgiving coded, for sure. Um, (laughs) There's, like, a turkey in some, like, historical facts about pilgrims. (laughs) You know what? I bet. But, yeah, um, that's all we got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you guys liked this rant and like we'd love to hear your opinions because this there's so much to talk about so just send all your opinions. Oh, don't worry this won't be the last you hear of rent on this podcast <laughs> for sure. Or Glee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or Taylor Swift. Absolutely not. Um, yeah listen rate review subscribe do all of the things. Um, we are Having a vodka pod at gmail.com and at having a vodka on Instagram. Please follow mm-hmm. us and email us. We love you guys. We love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope it was the best. And if it was chaotic, that's okay too, because <gasps> ours was probably also chaotic. You know so what shout out to could that. be fun? Write in your most chaotic 
Thanksgiving memory. Guys, we all need therapy. Oh. Ending it darker. <laughs> but it's true. So because true. Because it's like, we're here for you too. Because, uh, you know, the holidays are a hard time of year for people. And yes. I do want to just sit, acknowledge that, and I get it. If they are hard for you, we're here for you. We're here for you, and we always. can't always help, but maybe we can make you laugh. So just stream it, and just so you know, we're all going through it. Everyone's going through it, and holidays are hard. Yeah. But we're thankful for y'all. And we hope this Cheers. is a very fun holiday for you guys. Thankful for you guys. Thankful for vodka. Oh, that wasn't a good one. That was better. Cheers. <laughs> Love, Love you guys. You guys. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your vodka.